Chapter One Hundred and Seventy One of Varney the Vampire, Volume Three. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mary Herndon Bell. Varney the Vampire, Volume Three, by Thomas Prescott Prest. Chapter One Hundred and Seventy One. The Opinions of Dr. Paleto, The Stranger's Account of Himself, The Welcome of the Signora. At that moment the door opened, and a servant announced the arrival of a leech, the famous Dr. Paleto, who forthwith entered the apartment and advanced towards the couch on which the wounded man lay. "'Oh, doctor, do what you can for my father,' said Signora Isabella. "'I will, Signora.' replied the doctor i will but what are his hurts or his disease for i see he has been taken very badly but why this paleness you appear to have lost blood i have bled doctor and i want you to dress my wound i am hurt in the side here and but for my friend here i should have been hurt mortally it was not a duel then said the doctor no no doctor no no it was an attempt at assassination and i have escaped the death some one with more enmity than courage had doomed me to but at the same time i am free and one of his agents has perished tis but just said the doctor but i must now see the wound with your good leave we'll strip the wounded part and apply bandages to it so as to secure it after which something else must be done the wounded polidori was stripped and after some exertion the wound was dressed and all bleeding stopped what is your candid opinion concerning my wound doctor inquired the count what do you think will be the result i would be truly informed of whatever probability of danger there may be remote or immediate as the case may be tell me i beseech you doctor i will count i have those things to do which are important and the execution of them depends upon your answer so do not mislead me i will not i cannot form so clear a judgment of your case as i can in a few days hence when i may see the progress of the wound towards healing though at present i see no signs of danger yet some may come you do not consider the wound dangerous of itself said the stranger no not of itself but it is so close to a mortal part that it cannot be considered free from danger indeed it may become so a little more on one side would have made it quickly fatal but as it is if it heal well there will be no danger you must keep your couch for some days that will be a lighter evil than any other replied the count you have lost much blood and that alone will make you very weak and it will take some time before you will be entirely recovered from your present state and then your wound will probably be healed and what you appear to think may be dangerous is only any possible interruption from the wound itself it does so happen sometimes from bodily infirmity it shows itself in healing and the wound which now appears healthy may turn to gangrene 
and then the worst may be apprehended. It may, said the stranger, but these things are only the worst things that may happen in extreme cases. Exactly, said the leech. And you have seen nothing in this case to induce you to anticipate any such result as this? It is only what may happen. That is all. It appears to me that all is well at present. Then I think the Count had better be left to himself in quiet, and he may have a good mind upon his recovery. It will be best, said the doctor. I am fatigued and sleepy, said the Count. I would be alone. Daughter, you must entertain this gentleman as I would do, were I able to do so. Signor, the Signora will do the office of hostess. Excuse so cold a welcome. Name it not, said the stranger. I am well cared for. A welcome from such a one is well worth the acceptance of a prince, much less that of a stranger, unknown in Venice. I thank you for it. Say no more on that head, said the Count. I came here almost a refugee, and quite a stranger myself. Will you come this way, Signor? said Signora Isabella. We will leave my poor father to himself. He will sleep. The stranger rose, and Dr. Paletto also, both following the signora, who led them into a separate but splendid apartment, and entreated them to sit down, and apologized for her own want of spirits to entertain them suitably. For that matter, said the doctor, I am by no means surprised, for such a mishap can never be heard of without producing lowness of spirits and such a misfortune is always productive of grief, said the stranger. Signora, say no more. I would not interfere with your grief. I do not wish to stop it, and shall feel myself a bar to your own feelings if you say any more. I am made welcome, and feel myself so. You are, sir. Your kindness deserves no less. But I pray you, tell me how this affair occurred in which you have been of such signal service to my father in saving his life? To tell you that, Signora, I must first tell you who and what I am. I do not wish to be thought unduly curious, replied Signora. Not at all. I am bound to acknowledge you have a right to it, for you have no introduction with me, which usually supplies the place of an account of who and what we are. Therefore, I'll tell you, though I cannot boast of being more than a simple chevalier of now no fortune, having left my country because I raised my voice against the abuses of state. Therefore, I am but a nameless and fortuneless stranger. Many a worthy gentleman has been in such a plight before now, observed the doctor. I have known many such. And I am one. Not that I am without means, added the stranger. I have been lucky enough to provide against such a calamity as that which has befallen me, though not to the extent I could have wished. You are fortunate, Chevalier. I am so far. I came but this morning to Venice. I landed here and agreed to meet the captain of the vessel, who promised to meet me on the Rialto, to conduct me to some quiet, and respectable change-house where I could lodge. And he met you not? No. While I was waiting for him, I heard a cry for help. 
and found, upon running up, the Count Polidori beaten to the earth, beset by three villains, who had already wounded him in the manner you have seen, and I at that time stepped up, and being unexpected, the men were confused, and one of them fell mortally wounded, and after a little further desperate fighting, they all fled. It was fortunate you yourself were not beaten down, too, with such odds, for these men are usually desperate. True, but you see, one was gone, and they could not tell how it might be with the Count. They did not know how far he might be able to join in the fray again, and if he were to do so, there would immediately be an equality between us. And such men do not seek such a fight. Truly not, Chevalier, replied the Signora, truly not. When they are safe and secure in their deeds of blood, they will perpetrate them. But in fair contests, such men never shine. Their deeds are of darkness. Most true, most true. But they have a deal of ferocity, said the stranger, and when they can, will pour out blood like water. But what amazes me is that one like the Count, your father, should have been beset by such villains. They must have had some object to accomplish in getting rid of him by such means. Private enmity. Indeed, it must be a bad state of things. It is, Chevalier. It is a sign of great degeneracy in the state, but it is so. For gold, you can procure the death of any man in Venice. Horrible, said the stranger. I have heard of such things, but I deem them fabulous, or at least overrated. No, no, I fear not. And yet, who could have an enmity so deep? is only to be healed by blood. And yet the good and the great have as many enemies as the wicked, for they are always opposed to each other. Undoubtedly, said the doctor, good and bad are always antagonists. Exactly. What, however, is the worst in these cases, is the bad very often get the better of the good, which is the reverse of what ought to be done. Because, you see, if we are to suppose that there is a power above that rules men's actions, surely we might expect to see goodness manifest in the majority of cases, whereas we usually see, to a much greater extent, the success of evil. Not always. Not always, certainly, said the doctor. But the exception proves the rule. Goodness ought to be the great object of men's lives, but it is not. Yet it ought to rule, and we must endeavor to be ruled by it, despite the way of the world, which is often, as we daily see, the reverse of what it ought to be. But, added the Chevalier, when ambition rules the minds of men, you will find that all other principles give way. It is so. But why, I cannot see. Because tis the master emotion of the mind, said the stranger. And ambition appears to possess the souls of those who govern, whether for good or for evil, said the signora. Some are ambitions of being rulers, some of being conquerors, 
and some of politicians, but they are all moved to it by ambition. I, said the stranger, the lover is ambitious of the smiles of his mistress, though ill-fortune will, now and then, deny him the good luck to win them. End of chapter 171